Hi, I am Living Truthfully's answering machine and the number one truthful answering machine, verified by the world-famous International Institute of Answering Machine. Now, the truth is, Amani Moranga and Super Producer are actually here. Yes, I can even see them. They told me they are avoiding someone they don't like. So, leave me a message, and if they don't call back, then, it's you. Ha ha ha. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time it is, wherever you are. Welcome to episode 53 of Living Truthfully, the podcast. I'm excited that you're here with me. I'm excited that you're staying this journey with me. And I'm excited that I have one of my boys in studio with me. Already it's such a difficult conversation, Maze, because you know you can't breathe. The guy can't be told you're, you're, nothing. You're too fat, you can't breathe. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. A good old friend of mine, he's both good and old. Thomas Edwin Quaker, better known as Big Ted Karibu. What's up, man? <laughs> I'm a man of few words. So tia person do you mean yeah? Bas. So tia the hub. So tia the hub. Big Ted, I'm very fine, my man. Uh, how is how are you doing? I'm I'm good. Um, Can see you're working out. I am working out. I'm trying to lose my weight. Wonderful. Yeah. I hear you're on a seafood diet now. Every food I like see, I eat. you see, and then <laughs> <laughs> you don't know all your jokes, eh? No, that's not mine. That's yours. I just revived you it. Ah, but you guy, you can't even be called Big Ted anymore. It's so small. Amani, uh, one thing guys forget is the big. Was never because of the size of my body. It's because of the size of my wallet. Uh, wallet butter equals sour. We good. Okay, so I, the, I I was bringing my friend to the podcast. What I found was something else, but it's okay. I shall claim friendship. You guy, Bana, I'm so grateful that you're finally here. Why has it taken us so long? Well, I don't know. Um, probably God's timing. God's timing. Yeah, it it's had to be just God's timing. And uh, anything else I say is a wise crack. It don't make sense. It's okay. Wise crack. Def- it's definitely God's time. <laughs> wise cracks are welcome here. Yeah. I'm doing a conversation about male friendships. Okay. And I don't know why I thought you might be the right person for this conversation. Are we friends? Well, it depends with the definition of friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, everybody, somebody would ask you, hey, how can you be in so much problems? And yet you have so many friends. Mm. And it's a big problem that many of us who are in the public limelight always go through, whereby mm. you have a million and one people around you, but you die lonely, you mm. go into depression, you have all these strange things which happen, and everybody goes like, like how, how, how could that happen to him? Yet he had so many friends. So I think the first thing is the definition of friendship or what really friendship is. Mm-hmm. What's friendship you know, to you? I think, I think um, a friend is somebody who you can meet after three, four, five months and just pick up from where you said and just continue like nothing happened. Mm. You know, and you just go on, just go on with it. Mm. But also a friend is able to tell you like, you know what, you goofed. You you, you actually messed up mm-hmm. right there. Or somebody who's able to, um, to, to lead or guide you. You see, when you sit at home and you're about to make a decision, um, I don't know if you're like me, but I have a couple of people who, if I want to make a stupid decision, I know who to call. You know, like he will encourage me in the stupidity. He'll be mm-hmm. like, ah, my guy, mm-hmm. let's do it. 
But um, <laughs> I, I heard the other day um, one of the my favorite guys speaking, and he said he has various friends. He has friends for edification. Mm. He has friends for fun. He has friends for just being friends. People who just they just sit to talk about nothing. He has friends for intellectuals mm. when he wants to stimulate his mind and everything. Um, and I think that's the same same thing for me. I have friends uh, all around, and um, I can carve out different areas of my life when I've just reached out and said, "Hey, Amani, by the way, um, I'm going through this particular thing, mm. okay?" And then I'm going through this particular thing. Mm. And I think Amani, you're 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 you're, you're David. Uh, a man after God's heart, but you know you like fries. So <laughs> the idea is that uh, you're able to <laughs> to flow, <laughs> and I think your friend should be somebody who doesn't necessarily judge you. Mm. You know, like mm. you're sure. Mm. Even if I do something stupid and tell him I did something stupid, mm. you, you you don't feel like your friend will pass judgment on you. You know, so mm. I think that's the most important thing. I must issue a disclaimer. This guy knows so much about me. In fact, I don't. <laughs> This is the one guy who can destroy my reputation in one. Amani, which reputation? Which one? Which one? What? Which one? I have, I have, I have a strong reputation of yeah. being a good friend. Is that true? Amani, you're a very, very good friend. You're, I think you're a champion friend. And um, one of the, I say, but one of the, the downsides of being that kind of person is mm. that you have your struggles and sometimes you don't know who to share them with. Mm. Um, one of the things and one of the, I think the the purposes that God has given people like you and I is that we are peddlers of hope. Mm. I tell guys I'm not a preacher, I'm a peddler of hope. Mm. I just peddle hope. Mm. Every day in the morning when I wake up, I write, I'm like, listen, there's hope mm. about tomorrow. Even if sometimes I'm in the same, same predicament. Mm. And the p- problem of peddlers of hope is uh, sometimes you also need somebody else to peddle hope to you. Mm. And I think you are a big definition of a peddler of hope, mm. but you also need hope most of the time. Mm. And you're like, okay, here I am. And I was talking to a group of men at the men's conference this year and I told mm. them, that I bear the 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 responsibility, God given responsibility, of talking to people about things that I'm also going through. Mm. So I'm here talking to you about how you can get out of this particular place, but I'm also in the same same place. So I'm just basically saying all of us can get out. And you see, the definition of grace is basically one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. It doesn't mm. change that he's a beggar. But it just says that he knows where there's bread, mm-hmm. so he's going to call his other pals. Like, guys, come, let me get. I think that's what you're doing mm-hmm. right now. Is that your stomach rumbling, Amani? You, you see, but you look full. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is how it's going to be, guys. It's going to be like this. Ted and I have been friends for probably the last twenty years. Yeah, twenty. 20, yeah, twenty-something years. Yeah. Um, and and what? The, old. <laughs> you're the one who's old. Yeah. By the way, I just hit. I just turned forty. So. Um, 40, I'm just trying to 40. understand. Um, man, you know when I was gro- when I was growing up, and I was told somebody is 40 plus. I used to think they are old. They are about to die. My guy, I'm there now, and I'm like, damn, I'm young. I f- I've never felt younger in my life, you know. But you've hit a good place in your life where you you've sort of some things have aligned, and you've sort of understood who you are and what you're meant to be. Yeah. And you're not you're no longer chasing paper, chasing fame. I mean, you want money and, and you're working for money to pay your bills and things, but there's more to who you are than chasing those things that we looked for for yeah. those years. Yeah. What you have been to me, and I'm, I'm just thinking about it now, man, our friendship has been, you've been my peddler of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember mm-hmm. 20, 2000 and Actually, you've done it so many times. Teddy got me into doing events. Yeah. 
and, and I remember working at Village Market and you yes, saying yes yes you remember you know, and I, I actually came and you you were the manager at Galileo then I came and became the you manager came and after became you the left. manager at yeah, Galileo yeah. after I left but before yeah. that we were doing business together yeah. you were yeah. you just started the main event A company, company in the in the sitting room of the house in yeah. Hazina and then you moved to your first uh, SQ wait first uh, Sodom let's and talk Gomorrah. let's talk about your house in <laughs> before we talk about where no, Sodom no, no, and Gomorrah no, no. got to mentorship no, no, no. my you see my house was a place where people would come <laughs> and they would leave their bad habits you know about the of blue and harder anyway <laughs> let's 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 not spoil blues it might want to stand for governor let Louis me Sodom. tell you yeah uh, but it's amazing but Amani, what's 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 friendship to you what, what what's your definition of friendships one of the things i'm seeing with very many men mm. um in our generation is that men don't have real friends because they don't have people who they can actually open up to and tell them the real dirty truth and i'm not talking about oh i'm broke or i don't have this i'm going through that i'm going through that things like depression mm. you know uh things that you're able to walk up to somebody and say um and and for me actually Amani, I want to I want to be honest and tell you that uh, in the recent past uh, the particular people who told me that that day you actually went to sit with Amani because they remember that day I left home saying I'm coming to see mm-hmm. you uh, they said that's the day things changed you know like it was it's a benchmark you know oh, wow. into that and I I hold you in high esteem you know um you and your big pot because <laughs> I'm able to look at you and say that I mean out of everything you, you still have this sense of uh, of of wisdom um and it's not based on necessarily experience but it's based on a rational thought mm, process mm. and i think that rationality is what every man needs that you have a rational pal who's not thinking of saying okay i'll lick your ass by telling you the truth oh no i'll just be happy telling you oh it will work out no 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 mm. i'll go like it might work out but this is the this is the flip side of this mm, thing mm. like if it doesn't work out this is what's going to happen the repercussions and then also someone being there after the repercussions to still tell you hey it didn't work out we laugh about it and we say okay how do we move mm. how do we move forward i think for me the definition of friendship you embody it in many ways yeah. one you've always looked out for me yeah i think ted maze i've always felt like a small brother yeah and and sometimes you've said it oxymoron there <laughs> <laughs> small aki because i'm fat yeah. listen aki when ted lost weight tables flipped for us eh yeah. i'm not fat yeah. i just have a lot of run to give yeah but a man watch out you know give. the problem will be if uh, anything ever happens to you and the police have to draw a chalk a chalk line <laughs> around you they'll just draw a circle they'll be like hi <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you're telling me something about the embodiment of friendship but you've looked out for me yeah. i feel like i've there's the, the seasons of my life that have been significant seasons you've mm-hmm. been there and you've given me just like it's like backup mm. like i got you yeah. in this season yeah. and 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 every i remember calling you when my daughter was born yeah uh, and i was still in hospital yeah. and my daughter was born and as ted would say it's like this god is revenging he gave us both daughters for first borns yes I, i don't know why you think it's it was revenge <laughs> god is like let me see what you will do you know <laughs> and, uh, and and everything but um, amani let me ask you i think um let's let's look at it this way that in all those things there were still other people but i think there has to be that definitive definition of a particular moment that makes it different because you see you can be i mean i'll, I'll pick from the bible and the and the some and the, and the woman with the issue of blood there were lots of other people in that crowd 
who had a problem. Mm. Maybe even the disciples had a problem. Mm. But you see, the connection to Jesus is actually the real element. The fact that she was able to to hook up to it. And I think... The, the Let me tell you what I think our turn was. Yeah. 2005, I've moved back home. Yeah. I've, I've gone through a tough season. Yeah. I've gone through a breakup. Yeah. And I've moved back home. And Ted, you tell me, I've been home maybe for three months. What is it? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, and and you tell me, come. It's so emotional. <laughs> no, no. I'm just clearing my eyes. Huh? Come live with me. Yes. I'm starting a business. In Hazina, yeah. In Hazina. Yeah. I'm starting a business. Yeah. Come, let's do this together. Yeah. It, it was such a big heart moment that I feel changed what our relationship became. Before mm. that, we were friends in the same industry, people who saw how each other could could be useful to a gig or whatever it is. But that moment changed a colleague sort of moment to a friendship. It upped it up. It upped it up. And despite our ups and downs since, there's a brotherhood that has remained yeah. as a function of moments that then ensued from the fact that we lived in the same house yeah. you give me a place to sleep you fed me your bad cooking yeah this is why i'm fat oh <laughs> i was skinny then oh. well, it's I'm your legend- fault i'm legendary in the kitchen in terms of the the food i mean i think one of the and things paul one of cookies. the things oh i still love i mean i still love <laughs> paul cooking i know but you're still today your house is the only place i find such cookies. the other day i was driving i uh, was driving through central uh, sorry uh, western province mm-hmm. and i stopped at paul cookie in in, in dorit mm-hmm. and i bought i think a sack are you serious of so cinnamon Wow, wow, wow. Do, you, do, you have, do you have some at home? No, actually, I have them in the car outside. Ah, you hook yeah. a brother up. So, but I think Amani, I think one of the things about uh, certain situations mm-hmm. is maybe it's a grace which God gives 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 people, and mm-hmm. you're able to say um, that if I was in this particular connection. And one of the things I always pray, and I say that I hope that if not for me, then mm-hmm. for my children, mm-hmm. that they are able to get people who will stand with them mm-hmm. when they're going through something, mm-hmm. uh, people who. Even when I'm when I'm alive and I'm able to sort them out, but mm. they will find other people. Mm. They'll find other dads, other moms, other brothers and sisters who are able to stand with them. Mm. And I think that's for me that's the most important thing that having people who, regardless of your situation, mm. are able to go in. And in, I'm, I'm finding people around me who are very, and our generation is very self-centered. Mm. We are more about accumulating stuff for ourselves. While it's a good thing, I think. I think I think the brotherhood and this brotherhood and 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 friendship and uh and this kind of relationship to me is like a big bowl of cookies all right mm-hmm. and every cookie which is taken out another one is added now if I stay with my bowl of 20 cookies it will never go beyond 20 mm. but if I'm able I can be able to pass it around the whole room mm. and it still comes back to me now, if the other guy does the same thing with his bowl, everybody gets fed, mm. everybody mm. gets housed, everybody mm. gets an opportunity. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes shocked that I can actually work with people with opportunity, but they don't feel like giving it out because they feel like I'm empowering this guy too much. Mm. Or um, And even where I work, uh, I find that people can solve issues very quickly, but they won't. Mm. So it's almost like if, I solve your issue, then you'll be ahead of me or you'll benefit somehow. 
So I won't I won't give a good report about mm-hmm. you. I won't um reach out for you. So I think for me that's what I'd want to happen. I'd want my daughters to be able to get people and somebody who is able to to bail them out. Now, in my house right now, uh after I went through my season of of, of pain and 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 searching and frustration, I decided to put together a house. So I moved to some place an apartment and I started building the house slowly building I mean putting in things strategic things and I always told God that my prayer was that anybody who walks into my house will find peace mm. and a peace that surpasses all understanding mm. that it doesn't matter whether you're the biggest drunkard or mm. druggy or whatever but there's just that's, something that if you space, yeah. just walk into my house you'll either fall asleep mm. or you'll just be in a very peaceful place mm. so I buy a lot of books I have a good entertainment area mm-hmm. where I feel that if somebody walks in there with any sort of issue why because I went I've gone through my se- seasons where people have not been there for me where I haven't had this mm-hmm. environment mm-hmm. you know where I, I I will not think and say let me just go to Ted's place I'm sure I'll mm-hmm. find something there mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll uh, I'll do this so so I just think that's a money that's the that's the differentiator and the reason why I do it mm-hmm. is simply because I'd want a money to stand for my daughter or for somebody else who end up standing for my daughter or standing for my friends or mm-hmm. my family mm-hmm. and then all of us are just, there's enough for it to go around there is yeah 2014 we both find ourselves uh, out of our marriages okay uh-huh. <laughs> you just say what you want to say uh-huh. i will edit it out <laughs> um and and one of the things we found and you said this you found us we were having a conversation with you mm-hmm. about the pain we were going through yes 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 uh just trying to navigate a new space for ourselves mm-hmm. both uh with children both with broken marriages girlfriends both, uh, girlfriends mm-hmm. uh he's talking about himself both of us having made some mistakes as well yeah mm-hmm. um and then and business also not being in a great space yeah but you are having that conversation with me as you are having it with several other people yes and you you decided to bring these people together in a whatsapp group yes which ended up being a movement called muscles yes you have since been very deliberate about creating spaces and very intentional about creating spaces where men can actually build safe relationships where they can speak their truth Why 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 do you do that? Why do you create intentional spaces for men? First of all, Amani, I think why me and you were in a very very bad place is because of our bringing. We our bring. very yes, we have a very solid Christian upbringing. Mm. And that informs too many things about how we deal with life and how we deal with issues, mm. both for the good and for the bad. One of the things is that remember some of those things that we've gone through are not allowed in our religion or not taken as as actually as kosher, acceptable. Yeah, yeah. So that alone uh, keeps you in a very very bad place because you can actually stay in a bad place for a very very long time. And one of the things I'm finding out with lots of men is that they're in very toxic areas. Mm. Like somebody doesn't know what to do. You're in a you're in a place in your life in a rut. Like you actually panicked and now you're no longer living. You're just life is just pushing you along. Mm. So you don't know what to do, man. You don't know okay So like it's it's you never have enough money. So you have dreams but you never have enough resources to actually even start on your dreams. Mm. And within no time you discover, hey, I'm 40 something, what do I do? Okay? And uh, what happens is for men when men panic, 
then it's always a slippery slope. Mm. If a man panics anywhere, mm. then it's downhill all the way. Um, I intentionally would want men to find a place where they can actually talk. Because when I sit down with people and I introduce any topic, I can see men struggling to be macho, to be cool. Mm. Because we've been taught it's cool for us to be to be solid, you know. So for us, we take solidness as uh, don't show emotion. In fact, I remember very well as when you fell down as a man, the first thing you'll be asked, you'll be told is, when is Simba? Usilie. Simba ili. Mm. So we grow up knowing that we are Simbas. Mm. But we can never ever cry. But what do we do? Because we have the emotion. We have the feeling. We are there you want to cry out but who do you cry to mm. um i remember um during one of those times uh, in my marriage and, and i went and told some some guys man of god i told him hey you know what this and this is happening the the answer he gave me is the typical classical answer everybody gives mm. he told me ted you know marriages are like that you know you just be just just be in there but what if i don't want to zoya Okay, mm-hmm. and remember, we are growing in a generation whereby we are sandwiched between the old and the new. The new tells us the woman is emancipated; they can think on their own, they can work all these things, they can do this, they can do that. They don't need us. On the older side, the older guys are telling us, "Listen, take care of your home. You are the man. Mm-hmm. Take care." Now you meet a chick who tells you, "Listen, Ted, I can actually pay all your bills." In fact, I was with, <laughs> I was in a, a place yesterday. We had lunch with some boys, and uh, this lady on the table says, "No, she's building a house." And the table went crazy and the older guys were like, no, we'll stay in that house. I told her, you know what? I will stay in your house. I don't care. Mm, you know? Mm. But it's the norm. But what if, what's the problem with that? Now, why do we need safe spaces for men? Because number one, the highest um, suicide rate in the world is men. Yes, men. The, the, the most highest successful suicide rate is men. Um, right now, there's a very, very big uprising in terms of corporate ladder where the ladies are higher than the men mm. and they are more than the men. Mm. And they're fighting for their space and they're being given their space. Mm. The man is actually progressing. The man is getting more and more bitter mm. with everything. Now, we're seeing a lot of um, uh, a lot of crime against uh, females happening right now. We're having a lot of fighting and abuse, whether it's verbal, whether mm. it's uh, actually physical and uh, or sexual. We're having a lot of that. And the man is trying to dominate the woman by the things he knows. But unfortunately, it comes out as frustration. So anytime that uh, he's not able to communicate well, he'll shout. When he feels he's not able to articulate and the woman to listen to him well, he'll hit her. When he feels that he needs to punish them and show them that he's still the one, they're going to rape and things like that. In fact, I found out that one of the biggest problems that uh, many men who are players have is a dominance issue. And it basically stems from the fact that probably when they were growing up, they do not find themselves to be cute, handsome, or attractive enough. Mm. So what they try and do is to dominate by using cash or using position mm. or just trying to push themselves on this other person to dominate them. And mm. inside their heart, they actually make themselves feel happy. I think a whole generation will be lost if we don't talk to the man. If we don't create a good place for the man. Um, recently, I met a couple of guys who are older than me and were my heroes. And if I, I looked at the way they were living and it made me so scared. And I said, you know what? I, I don't want to, to reach there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to reach a place whereby 
all I can talk about and uh, is how I used to, how I used to, and then I become so bitter mm. with with everybody else. I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen the uh, a generation guys, maybe 10, 15 years older than yeah. me, who looked like they were doing very well when yeah. they were my age yeah. now. Yeah. And then now all they have is memories. Yes. And and they, they they're sort of irrelevant in the news space, and that's a that's a bitter place to be at. They're irrelevant and they're very bitter. It's a very bitter place to in be. In fact, at. most of them um, are, are stuck in between a place of uh, they either have given up mm. on on life and on trying, or they're in a place where by now they have to downgrade to live, and that's a place I don't want to be in. Anyway, so the reason uh, we put together this group is I found out that my story was many other people's story, mm. and I started writing a column, and as I wrote. People would write in and tell me, Ted, you know what? I'm going through the very thing. I'm going through the very thing. I'm going through the very, very thing. And I uh, would hear the same, same stories. Women asking us, oh, where are the real men? You know, I want a real man. I want this. I want that. And everything. And all that has brought us to a place whereby men are now sitting to have honest conversations mm-hmm. without feeling very gay that you're actually opening up yourself. Yeah, to, and, and, to, and you're being authentic. You're, and, yes, and, and vulnerable, vulnerable yeah. you know, yeah. to uh, to the whole place. So, set up a group called Muscles with a couple of friends, uh, my late, our late brother, Big Kev, and other people. And uh, we have been able to, we're now about 200 and something people and men, and we walk together and and live off each other. Do, and do, do just life. Do, just do life do together, life you know. Together. And in between there, okay, of course, there are the rotten apples. People mm. come in with their bad behavior yeah. and everything. But we've had people who have managed to work together with other people through very, very, very many processes. And, and, and guys have chamokered from some really dark places yeah. because they had muscles to yeah. go through. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, 2013, I saw a place that you you got into government and, yes. and you, you started working for Gava and you got a, what would many people would consider um, like a big job. Like a, that, a powerful, that, a powerful post, job. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> Sorry, my wrong words. How has that changed your how, or how has that colored? How, what lens has it given you for your real friendships? Uh-huh. Now, number one is um, so I, I write a column every morning. Mm. I, I write a blog every morning, and the title of the book is "Grace in the Corridors of Power." Mm. Um, the first thing I must be honest to say that when I first went to work there, I had my own illusions of grandeur, mm. and I thought of. I mean, I knew my problems were over. Mm. I'll never ever suffer anymore. I'll, I I knew, I had my own thoughts. Mm. Uh, when I got in there, I found it was a totally different place. Um, it's not what I went there thinking. Mm. Um, and I want to say by the, the avoidance of doubt is I sit there every day. I've never had people thinking or talking about how they will con Kenyans or mm. deplete our resources mm. and everything. It's always a conversation which is very, very progressive. Mm. But one of the things that um, happened it's to comforting me to hear. is immediately I got in mm. is I was actually bankrupt when I got in. Mm. And um, I knew my problems were over. But for me, it's been actually, it's it's been it's been my, sco- my master's school uh, um, where I've earned a master's degree or a PhD in life. Mm. Because number one, all of a sudden, people want to associate with you because of who they think you are. Mm. And then all of a sudden, conversations around you um, are, are, are very, people, people are very particular about the conversations they have around me. Mm. Uh, either they try to aim them in a particular direction, mm. uh, 
chicks are more friendlier because they f- they have it's it's almost like I've rubbed off power so yeah, I'm coming to share it so, with so, them so, but they, um, it's you are an illusion of power yeah <laughs> total <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just say it. So, say so, it. so, so, one of the things that I found out is, very few people actually will believe or take you as it is. Mm. Now, this morning I've just been uh, with some two traffic policemen, my friends, just talking to them on the street. And uh, when I told them that, hey, I'm just a normal Kenyan hustling and doing my side things and all that while I serve government. And they're like, there is no way, there is no way you can actually say that. You're not anybody. You're eating from the top layer. And it's actually something, Amani, which almost took me into depression about uh, two, three years ago. And now a word from our sponsors. As a dad, the greatest gift I can give my family is security around their health. Do you know how the first time you have a child and all of a sudden there are medical expenses that come up that you never knew existed? Well, Minette has a great cover that caters for your young family. This cover is comprehensive and has features such as inpatient limits of up to 10 million shillings. It will take care of premature births, any complications during afterbirth or for both mom and child for people who don't like the delivery room like me this is such a sigh of relief because you know at least the finances are taken care of it even takes care of you when you accompany your child of up to 10 years to the hospital as a caregiver and that's just the inpatient cover outpatient caters for dental optical gynecological urologists and mental health services and is up to two to three times higher than other covers in the market. I highly recommend Minet Health and it can be accessed online. They have made this purchasing process easier by creating a portal where any user can access their services directly from the website. To learn more about this cover, visit their Facebook page Minet Kenya or their website collaborationkenya.minet.com. Buy your family a secure health future with Minute. If you would like to sponsor or advertise on our podcast, Living Truthfully, reaching audiences just like you, please contact us on livingtruthfully at themanimedia.com. That's livingtruthfully at t-h-a-m-a-n-i-media.com. Thank you, and we are looking forward to to partnering with you in adding value to our listeners' lives. Hey Amani, um, just thank you for this podcast. I was hooked on living truthfully from the episode about Heal the Boy, Make a Man. And I want to say thank you for that. And thank you for providing guidance to young men like me who are filling the gaps that their fathers have left in how they raised them from how they were raised and for me having to have found that in other men and sought help and guidance you have helped me along that journey and i just want to say thank you yeah thanks sana 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 and now back to our story Now, this morning, I've just been uh, with some two traffic policemen, my friends, just talking to them on the street. And uh, when I told them that, hey, I'm just a normal Kenyan hustling and doing my side things and all that while I serve government. And they're like, there is no way, there is no way you can actually say that. You're not anybody. You're eating from the top layer. 
And it's actually something, Amani, which almost took me into depression about uh, two, three years ago. Mm. The fact or the reality that what people think mm. of me, mm. what I think I should be, mm. and what the general perception is, was too much on me. Because Amani, someone came and told me, oh, Ted, um, sell this car you have, buy this car for 15 million. In my day, I'm like, dude, I've never held 15 million in my hands. But the guy is there, he's telling me, Ted, mm. there is no way. You, you, and the guy tells me, Ted, if I was in your place, by now I'll have been. And sometimes it makes you want to run faster than your angel. Mm. <laughs> or run faster than God's uh, cover on my life. Whereby now I'm running too fast. I'm trying to, in greed and in confusion, mm. because I don't know what's going on. So I'm busy trying to hold on to everything. Someone tells me, if it was me, I would have made 10 roads. So I go and register a company for roads. If it was me, I would have been supplying. Comp- I'm going to sell a couple for. So you end up with like 40 different things you started, but finished none. Mm. Amani, I came to I came to terms with a few things. Number one, that if it's for me, God will bring it to pass. Mm. All I need to do is be faithful. Mm. And Amani, I think that one for me is very, very humbling because Amani, I sit in meetings where I see guys making millions by suggestions that I've made. Mm. But it's not my place to go and try and position myself between the the action and the delivery. Mm. That's not what it's all about. Now, I can, but I won't because it's not what I am about. Mm. So I will not rush a money and try and get involved with crooked and scrupulous deals and trying to cut all these things here and there. A money I've worked so hard for my name. I don't think I want one day my children to Google and what pops up is some crazy stuff. Now, if anybody else can do it, I can't. Mm. I'm just not able to sit there and imagine my daughter Googling and re- it reads that the father has done something I cannot be able to stand it mm. already it's as hard as it is right now mm-hmm. so being in government is is very very difficult um, and I think anybody in government will need to either have some sort of counseling done on their lives mm. one because of what you go in thinking and you think it's just like a private company I'll fire everybody who's irrelevant I'll bring new people and everything and when you get there you find there's a system and you can't just walk it's a, over and it's people. a monster i've had you i've had you describe it like a ship it's uh and it's it's a it's an octopus actually <laughs> where if you cut off one hand it has 99 others mm. and if you cut off you end up cutting the right one mm. and i remember very well and i want to actually um confess that the first time when you got into government as a group of young people digital guys and we had planned to change government and remove all the old people, take them home, bring young people and change. But when you got in there, you rec- we discovered that we had the energy and the vigor. Mm. But the old guys had the experience of the system. Mm. That you cannot remove the old guy because he knows the system. Mm. He has a, a historical knowledge mm. of the particular mm. thing that you're dealing mm. with. For example, right now we just had, uh, we are in the burial of the, of the second president of the Republic of Kenya. Now, if... There's nobody who had historical knowledge mm. and institutional knowledge about uh, state mm. funerals. Mm. Then the younger guys would just have done something very quickly. In mm. fact, mm. maybe we not uh, not have done anything because we'd have been like, after all, he's an old guy. Let his family just go bury him. We'll give them a tent and yeah. chairs yeah. and everything. But <laughs> anything you saw happening mm. was very intricate. It was detailed and it was meant to communicate a particular thing. Mm. 
You know, one of the things I saw was that the ex-president was brought into state house. Mm. Um, it's a fast, mm. but it was the highest honor that the current president could bestow on the ex-president. Mm. It was such a high honor that it was not there. Mm. And if you look at, uh, at, at, at at the past, it was not there. It has never happened before. It's never happened yeah. before. And uh, I understand for young people, and we had to cancel two festivals this week, uh, the past week, I think, Bujubanten and mm. uh, the Indirika Festival, mm. uh, which was in, involved in. And very many people wrote there and they were like, oh, why are we doing this and everything? They couldn't understand what's going on. Mm. But you see, it's important for the system to honor the people who have helped set up the system. Now, you might not like him, but trust me, by him being there for 24 years, he gave something unique to the DNA of this country that can only be honored in the way that we're doing it right now um, as we go on. So for me, being in government has opened my eyes to many things. The other thing it has opened my eyes to is the plight of uh, the people of Kenya. Mm. Now, while I don't have um, the calling or the unction to go into politics, um, I think I can still go into leadership mm. in terms of being able to sit in meetings whereby we can help or go out of our way to help uh, ordinary Kenyans. One of the areas I'm purposefully uh, pursuing heavily, also with the head of state, is the creative uh, art sector. Mm. And I believe this is the future. You know, any other career in the world has almost reached its peak. And in fact, anything repetitive mm. is actually about to be phased out. In mm. fact, get ready for um, pilotless aeroplanes. So it means all everybody who's, who's, who's flossing here being a pilot will not have anything to do because mm. it'll be a plane which will fly itself. Mm. We already have trains which don't have drivers. Mm. They're just taking themselves to and fro. You know, we already have banks with no tellers. Mm. In fact, now you can bank 24 hours without, there's no yeah, teller. Yeah. You know, if your uncle 20 years ago was an engineer at EABL, Kenya Brewery is limited. He was flossing in this town, you'd think he's God. Mm. But right now, it's automated. We don't need him. Mm. So unless he reinvents himself, there's nothing he's able to do. But mm. the creative sector, there'll never ever be a machine that can paint from my mind. Remember, it's an emotion. When you mm. paint, it's an emotion. Mm. So mm. the machine has no emotion. So it cannot paint. Mm. It's able to think and put together that thing. It can't design uh, whatever you're designing because you see you're connecting what you're seeing, what you're feeling, and you write it down. Mm. And uh, so as much as uh, artificial intelligence is, is running and coming up uh, very, very fast, I don't think it will be able to take over the creative sector. Not for a very, very long time. Not in its increase. The, the, the human element of the creative sector will never be... That's a whole, maybe you should have that conversation on the podcast because you're right, AI and machine learning are doing some things that are seen as human tasks, but and the level of intelligence that they that they are able to develop does not tap into the essence of humanity. Yeah. And what creativity does is tap into the essence yeah. of humanity. Actually, what, what, it, what the machines wouldn't have is emotional intelligence mm. because they cannot feel it what they'll be able to do is only be able to predict based on what humans have done for 500 times mm. what the next step would be. But the emotion mm. itself will not be there. And that's why anybody who watched that robot out there uh, shooting and everything, do you see the video about the robot mm. which is being taught uh, combat? Mm. It can do anything and it can be shot at. It just simply means we'll send them to war, they'll fight, but there'll be no emotional uh, mm. attachment to it. So it actually almost means that wars will be fought without nobody dying, which means we can start a war anytime. This concept is too much for me right now. Yeah. yeah I, my, my brain, right. I've been getting so, hanging. Yeah. So so I think for me, government um, 
and and I always say that maybe I'm those three spies, two spies who are sent into the promised land to go and scout and see the land and see mm. the opportunities there. Mm. Now, it doesn't say that they, those particular guys came back and they became rich afterwards mm. or anything. Mm. No. But they were full of knowledge. Mm. When they came back, they were able to say what they saw mm. on the other side. Mm. And, so, and see it from a perspective that was different from the other ten. And everybody else talked about the problems. I'm seeing opportunity mm. for very, very many young people mm. to be able to sit and say things like this, things like podcasts mm. being done from your house, from everything. This is actually the future. Mm. The future is uh, is entertainment on demand. It's basically you being able to sit anywhere and be able to plug into anything. Anything traditional is going to be phased out. Not on 100% you have to believe. Mm. So I think young people, we need, to, we, we need to design our future. I, I, I don't know, Ted, what you would... Uh what you would tell, and, and, and this is a very specific thing to men who are having trouble with vulnerability, people who don't know how to, how mm. to be vulnerable, how to build male friendships. And, and, and I'm specific about male friendships because you have both male and female friends, but I know because of our friendship, I know what those moments have been for us that we could never have discussed with a chick. Mm. And and how I'm I'm very convinced that male friendships are necessary for men, mm-hmm. like necessary for the survival of men. But there are men out there who don't have real authentic male friendships. Mm-hmm. How, what what can you tell a guy who's saying I want to have this but I don't know how? The, I think the first thing which I try and do, and it's a it's a fight I have every day with myself, is ego. Mm. And I just read a, I'm reading a book right now called My Ego Is the Problem. Mm. And the topic alone is the day you realize that your ego is the issue that is stopping you from getting a breakthrough and getting help. Mm. Amani, the day you decide that I don't care what guys think, that I'm going to focus on making myself a better person. Now, being a better person doesn't mean that your past goes away. Mm. In fact, I just spoke at the men's conference on a topic um, which touched my heart the other day. It says, what do you do when you're done with your past, but your past is not done with you? Mm. And for any man, your past will always haunt you. But what I'm trying to do with my life right now is to be so vulnerable and open about my past that my past, when it comes to haunt me, it has nothing on me. Mm. And that's one of the things about being vulnerable and having people you're vulnerable to. Mm. So that if I tell you I fell, but I'm a man of God, then you see, it has nothing on me. Mm. I can still look at you and talk to you like mm. my pal because mm. I'm vulnerable to you. And I think men need to find those spaces. Mm. Men need to be, number one, vulnerable. Uh, be able to find people and pockets of people who will not judge them for who they are. Mm. But the only thing, Amani, the only way you can be vulnerable, get vulnerable people is by being vulnerable. Mm. Yeah. So you must try and be as honest as possible. I don't want money for you to come and tell me and I, I don't like people who pose for myself. Mm. I love people who are just, and they go like, Truthful. you guy, you know, I'm doing one, two, three, four, five. I'm friends with very many men of God who um, have chosen to be vulnerable with me. And some of the things they tell me, back even me, I'm like, wow, like, dude, did you have to tell me that? Because mm. now I look at you differently. Mm. But the, even this guy is just a man of God. He's also mm. looking for... He's just a man, yani. He's looking He's for a, a man space. Fast, yeah to just be also open. Mm, mm. And the guy told me, this is the only place where I actually live. Mm. Everything else is something else. So men, 
find spaces, find uh, other men who you can talk to and who you can be able to relate to, uh, regardless of their age, regardless of their profession and their position. Everybody's looking for somebody. Everybody needs that place that they can be able to go and, and, and feel. And thank, thank you for being that place for me, man. Yeah. Thank you for being a uh, safe space, yeah. even though you judge me all the time. Yeah, but you know, you give me um, a reason to judge you, Amani. You know, like for example, Amani, what are you going to apply oil on your legs or what? So, as we end this podcast, <laughs> I, mean, I, I this is such an abusive relationship. But, but Amani, let me ask you a question. Ask me. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you think is you had a um, you hosted something yesterday? Mm. I'll, and I'll, I'll lend you my book called uh, My Ego is a Problem. Mm, thanks. And one of the things that this guy wrote there, which was so, so profound, was mm. in terms of us, the, the way we tell our story. Mm. That ego is such a big problem for us mm. that even the stories we tell are meant to bring out a certain... The best the best side of our worst side. Depending on what you're trying to yeah, say. Yeah. So if I'm, I don't tell guys I'm a bad guy, I'll mm. only tell you about my bad side. Mm. I will never talk inside there about how I got saved 10 times mm. and I'm trying to love God and I'm mm. trying to do this or mm. I'm doing that. I'll always try to bring out the things that only sell my story. Mm. You know? Wow. And mm. and for me, that, that broke me because I was like, wow, even in my work and me being authentic, can it be that maybe I'm trying to be authentic so that I can be an example of authenticity while I'm not really authentic? You know? So I'm learning to actually question everything that I'm doing, mm. every move that I'm making, you know, so that you you are aware of what you're doing. Otherwise, you'll just be cruising on a, on a wave, but you'll never be aware of what you're doing. Mm. Yeah. And hmm. for many men, I think, when I sit with guys who I want to, to, to be cool, then I'll only position my cool side. Mm. If I go to them town, I'm talking about to the bad guys, I'll only talk about how life is hard. Mm. If I'm with the guys, I want to show that I'm a smooth guy. I'll tell them about only how I've done this with chicks. I won't say a chick broke my heart 10 times or she left me or she did this or she did that and everything. Or I have this kind of desires. Um, In fact, let me break it down for you. At the men's conference, one of the things I did, there were about 600 men there. And I asked everybody to write down on a piece of paper 10 things they'd want God to do for them. Very shocked. Number one, money. Two, mm. relationships, women. Three, sex. In that order. They want to have more sex. They want to have sex. They want to have more money. Mm-hmm. Okay. The issue of women and sex is basically because you know very many males equate their achievement. Manhood. Mm around women mm. and we don't know many times how to communicate to the woman now this is to all the ladies listening to us today number one the reason why when a man buys you a drink and you disappear in the club he gets pissed the reason why there was an issue and you heard that this guy abused this lady in Naivasha, the reasons he gave were all based on money Anytime a man has a problem with a woman, he will tell you, I bought for her a car. I bought for her drinks. Mm. 
I bought for her this. I gave her this. I paid her rent. In fact, see I'm the one who mm. one two three because men equate their giving, the highest level of giving is cash or material, whatever they have worked hard for. Mm. But you see for a woman is different. A woman is emotional. Mm. A woman is I gave you my body. Mm. That time the man is wondering how is that how is that something I mean how can you, you equate how can you even equate it with my what mm. I've given you you know you, so, sorry let me let me put that into perspective because I think one I can't remember when but many years ago we were having this conversation with you and you equated and you put words for me in, in, into something I didn't know how to explain that I put work mm-hmm. into earning money mm-hmm. so I, I, it's blood it's my time it's my blood it's my sweat mm. that is earning this cash Equity, uh-huh. and so when i give you cash i'm not giving you money Mm-mm. i'm giving you my blood equity i'm giving my blood i'm giving you my sweat yeah so when you the raw that thing that i've given you it's not it's not it's not money Mm-mm. it's blood it's like it's like I, i cut myself and i gave you something from my veins money a guy buys a chick a drink in the club mm. the chick disappears it is such a big issue mm. right now there's the big issue of kukula fair mm. and the reason the man is so hurt is because he's given you something it's it's, it's not the act is a the act which comes after it mm. is is a value add but the fact that he has given you mm. is the biggest issue okay and now you need to understand why very very many men disconnected and that's where we, the sponsor mentality is not going to leave us anytime soon because both people have discovered that this is actually the direction so it's become transactional i can actually give you my body without giving you an emotion mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and i can actually give you money which you want without 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 it being having the emotional attachment of the yes. value yes. that it, it really is for yeah. me yeah and i asked somebody the other day how come whenever Uh, guys break up the <laughs> people want their things back you know part of it is you feel like it's an ev- it's like shares mm. yeah bring back my shares so I want my equity back yes bring <laughs> back my equity i've worked hard for it you know it's that's, it's not that's, it's that's funny years. man yeah so i think money i think in 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 in, in conclusion um safe spaces for men for women for children and everybody it's it's so important it's important for us to to talk the world is changing you see in the past the reason your parents could not speak to you about some things it was left for the uncles to talk to you in the village mm. but now we're living in tao whereby uh, we don't have that kind of setup mm. and if you don't tell somebody the truth somebody will tell them a lie mm. and the truth is very simple that regardless of which man you are you definitely need a safe space to be able to just go and just breathe in. I told guys it's almost like the feeling men get. Women remove their bras at the door mm. and remove their wigs, but for us as men, it's just when we just sit in the house with our boxers, our torn boxers. We've had them for six years. Mm. And we just sit there. There might be no electricity, it might be in a bed seater, just on a mattress, but believe for us that moment is heaven. That's true. And that moment sitting with another guy in their boxers and just being not trying to juxtapose mm, and show yourself mm, and everything. Mm. I think for a man that's everything. That's true. Yeah. And thank you for being the other guy in torn boxers for me. Thank you. <laughs> uh you know and 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 to be honest I think our friendship has epitomized um honesty, 
I think we've been vulnerable with each other. Mm-hmm. I've seen you cry. You've seen me cry. I've seen you do other things, but let's talk about crying. <laughs> uh, no, don't. Don't. Uh, see you next week. <laughs> uh, but we've also seen ourselves grow. Mm, you know. I tell you by home. <laughs> grow from like like just starting out and trying out different things yeah. to a place that God has brought us where we are we're we are living out our purpose. Yeah. And I'm to say I'm proud of you, man. Thank you, sir. I'm proud Thank of you. I'm proud of the integrity that you've held in your office. Thank you. And I'm proud of the person that you've become yes. despite the troubles that have gotten us here. And the temptations, yeah. And I can't wait to see what God does with you. Yeah. And I hope that I'm there to witness yeah. what God does with you. Yeah. I must say, Amani, that's actually, you just placed it very, very well. And I keep on waking up every morning and asking God, like, like I'm like a kid who's been told, um, we're going to buy you a bike every day. So every day I run downstairs to see if the bike is there. Mm. Like, I can't wait to see what God, what his plan is. Mm. Like, I always ask him, like, okay, what is your grand plan? Like, mm. you, you take care of me every day. I mean, I don't sleep hungry mm. um, every day. I don't lack every day. Mm. I you, you The day I feel, I think that I've reached the end of the rope, you provide a way out. Mm. So I always ask him, like, like, God, really, really, like, what is your plan? You know, like, what exactly is happening? You know? And um, I can't just wait to see what this whole rehearsal has been for you know like where what is this what is his end game you know with uh, with this thing and Amani one of the things I'll finish with saying is I, I now don't subscribe to the words of the song by a singer who said that if I can see it then I can't believe it because the Bible says that you shall live by faith not by sight mm-hmm. so it's the other way around that if I can believe it, then I can see it. And right now, I'm building my belief around certain things, you know. Um, I'm looking at my 10-year plan. Okay, so what do I want in 10 years? How, what kind of life do I want to live? What quality of life mm. do I want to live? Uh, what's the next thing? I'm looking around myself and saying, okay, what are the opportunities around me that I can take? What are the relationships I want to build? What are the ones I want to drop? Like, I don't want to have them in my life anymore. Mm. What are the habits uh, I want to take to my next level. One of the habits um, Amani, I've, I've, I'm cultivating is sleeping. Amani, I don't care. I don't have to watch 50 movies. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do anything. Amani, immediately I feel like sleeping, I sleep. Mm-hmm. I go home at 8 or at 7, I get into bed and I sleep. Mm-hmm. Why Amani? Because many times I'm out there fighting sleep prove to other people that we're having a good time mm-hmm. but I'm dying mm-hmm. you know I wake up in the morning I'm fresher I'm everything I'm all that I'm learning how to put my thoughts on paper and just writing them down and saying okay this is how to do I'm learning how to put pressure on myself I've discovered life is like a gym the heavier you lift the more muscles you have the lighter you lift you just have cuts so you'll be mm-hmm. a guy who is you don't have pressure in life because whatever you're earning can pay everything mm-hmm. but you see you'll never grow past that mm-hmm. you'll never be able to lift a heavy um, um, everyone I'm, I'm learning also money that at the end of the day i am a hundred percent responsible for my life no amani my parents have lived theirs moi is gone he's lived his life done mm. his kids grandchildren or anybody there is nothing they can do it's now up to them to live their lives so amani i'm learning to make my decisions and stand by them mm. it might be a stupid decision but it's my decision 
at the end of the day i look back and say you know what i lived this thing i applied it and everything and finally i'm learning to love god just to be in a space whereby i have questions i have issues which i want and i'm thinking oh god like but i'm just learning to love god for me so the god who i love and i serve now is my god is not a church god a mm. sect god or uh, my peros god no it's just me me and my god we know each other well uh i tell him all my issues sometimes i don't even need, even need to lift a finger or even speak i just can just keep quiet and i go like he knows what i'm going through you know so yeah thank you for having me here i've nothing to add see you next week <laughs> <laughs>